Hello, and you are very welcome back to Genius Hack. Happy Tuesday. As we have taken to saying. It's so sunny. It's so warm. It's like I'm absolutely sweating. Are we going to have like melted frames again? No, no. We're going to keep it together today. And it's all going to be very positive and good and not melty. Yeah, it will be. It will be. It'll. And also, it was, we were just talking as well before we came on the air. And just for anybody who might be listening to this is into their kind of geekier shows and movies and stuff. Don't worry, there will be no spoilers for any of the two big mm. things that have happened recently. So mm. there will be no... We, we will be talking superheroes. Yes. And superhero powers and the science behind them and stuff like that. Yeah. But we will not be spoiling anything to do with Endgame. No. And mainly, like, I don't... I know Game of Thrones spoilers, but I don't really know any Endgame spoilers. Mm. Um, so well, what happens is... <laughs> do tell, do tell. <laughs> Superman <laughs> flies in. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's just switched sides. Yeah. I mean, could you blame him? DC isn't doing that hot. Yeah. Well, that new Joker movie's looking good. Is it? Have you seen uh, Joaquin Phoenix? Oh, yeah. They keep, like, poor Jared Leto. Ah, he was a pretty bad Joker. I, like, I feel bad for him, though, because I feel like he he could have done something great Mm. and he didn't do a great job. Or it could have literally just been down, down to how Suicide Squad is edited. I feel like there was so much potential there. And he had about, what, 10 minutes of screen yeah. time. And he like, got overshadowed no, by everybody else. Definitely. I mean, Margot Robbie was kind of the... Uh, jinx. <laughs> <laughs> Margot Robbie was kind of the draw for that movie, yes. for the most part. She was so amazing. Yeah, she was really good. Yeah. She was like, I honestly reckon that they were going to... Now, obviously, we've, we know now they're not going to. They are going to do another movie. But I honestly thought they were going to just, like cut ties with Suicide mm. Squad and just give her a standalone like Harley Quinn yeah. movie yeah, or something that, to be fair are they doing that as well yeah it's um, oh, it's a big long winded title but uh, it's like Harley Quinn and something 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 ah uh, yeah um, that's, that's I've heard about that yeah. <laughs> actually I'll find that out now <laughs> um, but uh, like that started that started filming and stuff because she had it on her Instagram all her Harley ah. Quinn costumes um, so but like I mean I think this is a bit of a segue, but between DC and um, and Marvel, the in terms of box offices in movie remo- removes removes uh, <laughs> movie. It's great reviews. when cows do reviews on movies. <laughs> uh, removes was a good title. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like in terms of movie reviews, like DC just always seems to fall short. Like. Mm. With Marvel movies, you can sense the longevity from yeah. them. Like, you know that these are going to do great. But with DC, they just seem to fall flat. And it's it's not like it's the premise that's ro- that's not good. I mean, Sometimes you know the yeah. premise works. It's there more the, works. The, the execution. Yeah. I think when you look back, like, uh, DC has very much relied on the likes of... Um, Batman and Superman, obviously, are their two big ones. Yeah. And I think in this era of superhero stuff, people want fun. Like, you look at all the Avengers movies, the Avengers-related movies, like the whole 22 movies or whatever it's been up to this point. Uh, Yeah. The one common thing throughout them all is they're all fun. Yeah. It's like, even if you're not a fan of them, like, I've gotten loads of people who aren't fans of superheroes and stuff into those movies Mm. because it's like, no, genuinely, give them a shot. They're really fun. Yeah. But yeah, so we're looking at superhero stuff today. It's called Birds of Prey, by the way. Birds of Prey. Ah, see, I'm not as down with the uh, the DC stuff Mm. and I haven't been since I was a kid. Like, when I was a kid, I was interested in Batman Mm. and that was probably about it. Batman was my favourite as a kid. Yeah. Loved Batman. Like I grew up on like Iron Man and Spider Man and um, X Men a little bit, a little bit of Fantastic Four, 
Um, so for me, it was a big kind of oh my lord moment when they did an Iron Man movie, like when the first because uh, obviously we didn't know it was going to turn into what it turned into. Um, but just for me alone, the fact that it was an Iron Man movie, I was like oh my god, it's an Iron Man movie. This is crazy. Uh, so I was I was really big on the whole like yeah. this is great. Uh, even if it was just in that one movie alone. I was yeah, I was totally sold on doing an Iron Man movie. Yeah. Um, especially because like, especially I do like, like Iron Man. a lot of people I knew as like like friends I had as kids and stuff didn't really know Iron Man, and a lot of my mates even like now didn't know much about Iron Man before the first Iron Man movie. So it was Whereas like now you're hard pressed to find somebody yeah, who doesn't know, doesn't know Iron who Iron Man is. is. Like Iron Man has gone from being one of those obscure superheroes to being on that like Batman, Superman, everybody knows who he yeah. is level. Yeah. So him, Iron Man and Spider Man as a kid were my two favorites. I could never decide which of the two was my number mm. one. I was an Iron Man or Spider-Man kind of a guy. Actually, as somebody who, like, you know, has been a fan of it since the comics, how do you feel about Robert Downey Jr. being Iron Man? Perfect. Good. I thought he was a perfect uh, a perfect Tony Stark. Yeah. Uh, really, really good, yeah. I, and I think it was one of those things, he kind of made the role his own as it went into. Mm. And there was a whole big thing with Robert Downey Jr. where he had a pretty bad, before that film, for years before that film, he had a pretty bad drug and alcohol problem. Yeah. And so does Tony Stark. Yeah. And that's what a lot of, like, it kind of... It never came into the movies. Like they never really covered the story in the movies of him having like an alcohol problem or a yeah. drug problem. But the character did. Yeah. So it's kind of like an extra little thing from his personal life that could kind of have been brought into the character a little bit. So I think he could probably relate to the character better than a lot of people could have. And you do always hear, you know, like nobody really knows where Tony Stark ends and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. starts. <laughs> it's, it's true. There yeah. is a certain amount of truth to that. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I suppose we'll get on to actually talking about the topics of the show instead of just getting on to gushing about superheroes. We could, we could. Um, and like this kind of topic is something that we've been meaning to do since before we started the show because we yeah. we've talked about it before. Like, what is the likelihood kind of thing of either us becoming superheroes mm. or how possible are superheroes? So I think it's kind of it's only fitting that we finally get around to it. Because right, we're, we're, we're not superheroes. Wink, wink. No, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, you have a bit of information about mm-hmm. the superheroes that we're really familiar with. But I, I thought I'd give just a generic background to there's about five... There's five origins, I yeah, guess you Like can specific say. archetypes, I yeah, suppose. Of, of superheroic powers. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one will be Altered Humans which be the likes of Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four. So people who... Were born standard human. Yeah, and then their genetic makeup gets different, gets mm-hmm. changed. Like, say, a radioactive spider comes along. It's like, no. Or Hulk gets gamma rayed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. So there's that, there's that type of superhero. Mm-hmm. Then you have the high-tech superheroes, which would be like Iron Man and Batman, who just have loads of money and can be like, yeah. I'm going to make myself so a superhero. The definition there, at that point, your superpower <laughs> is that you've got money to have technology. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, then you have like X-Men, which would be the mutants, mm-hmm. which are like, you know, genetic mistakes kind of yeah. thing, if you can call it that. Poor Wolverine calling him a mistake. Sorry, Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> And then you have obviously robots, mm-hmm. um, which is, which occur quite a lot in either superhero via, superhero movies or comics, or as the villain more so than yeah. not. Yeah, like if you've seen, um, if you're into the, if you, your only experience of superheroes is like the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, mm-hmm. on the good guy side you'd have Vision. Yeah. Vision was built as a, a robot, and then I suppose it's basically kind of in a way the same character to an extent. Ultron mm-hmm. is the big robot villain that they had in that. So there's your robot yeah. kind of counterpart um 
and it, it is actually kind of mad that you can see robots a bit more being evil but I suppose with yeah. AI and things like that. Yeah. Is it maybe, and this might be going into a slightly different direction, but maybe I wonder is it a, a currently acceptable way of having like a scary other? True. Kind of a thing, yeah, whereas maybe still... that wouldn't be acceptable to have it be based on other things, like yeah. you know, maybe more real things. So you can have that um, idea of a, a scary other mm. kind of thing that we don't know anything about without it being perceived as culturally insensitive or something yeah. if you were to make it a certain. Uh, I suppose racial stereotypes yeah if instead you go with maybe the robot fills that gap of like the the fear of the unknown kind of thing and I suppose there's as much like we're at a stage in technology and science and things like that where we know enough we nearly know as much about like robots and robot development as we don't yeah because there's still so much to learn about it but we also have learned so much in the last 10 years alone. We know enough to be kind of scared. Yeah. <laughs> and I know. think that's why they work as villains. Yeah. Um, because, like, it's like, that could happen, could mm. it, can it? <laughs> Absolutely. I think, and I, I'm, <laughs> I've been so fascinated recently with the whole, like, cyborgs and androids mm. and that whole thing. Definitely. Like, massively. It's just one of the big things that's, like, drilled into my brain and it's just been, I'm constantly thinking about that now. It's one of those big questions I have in my head. Um, and actually, just as a side note, I know this is going to be full of side notes, but it is, there is that kind of wonderment asso- associated with cyborgs. Like you see people getting tattoos where it looks like their skin is ripped to reveal. I think that's so cool. Yeah, mm. robotics or machinery. <coughs> and it's, again, we're at that kind of point where it's that level of unknown where we just don't know where else it can mm. go, which is, I think, like you said, why it works so well. Yeah. Like it's so exciting. Um, and then the last, the last kind of trope of superheroes is aliens or gods so mm-hmm. like, you know the likes of Thor well Thor would be both I suppose he's yeah. kind of he's supposed to be a god but it's, I don't know if it's ever specified in, in the movies whether he's like actually a god or it's just their yeah. race is perceived as gods that's true actually yeah because I mean Thor obviously mythologically was mm. a god but in the Avengers isn't he from a different planet well he's from a different realm realm essentially I'm like I've, I've seen a few event, I've seen a lot um, probably most of them up to Civil War. Mm. Anything after Civil War, I don't think I've seen. Oh, wow, okay. So yeah. none of the ones after that, okay. Yeah, like I didn't see... What was the last one? Um, the most recent one? Uh, not Endgame, the one before that Infinity one. War. That one, yeah. Or, I haven't well, seen that, that one. was the last team-up one. You had Captain Marvel. Yeah. Oh, I've well. seen, oh, no, I tell a lie. I've seen Captain Marvel. Oh, you poor thing. Ah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not the biggest Captain Marvel fan. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought, I thought it was okay. I, I was, was a, little, a little bit underwhelmed. I oh. kind of would have preferred someone else to play the character. I don't know. Really? I thought it was a bit dry. Yeah. Oh, I um, like her. Wasn't a fan. I thought, um, what's his name? Oh, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, <laughs> ah, well, first of all, the cat was probably the star of the film. Yeah. But, um, nah. oh my God, why can I not remember the actor's name? What were they in? Nick Fury. What is the actor's name? <laughs> very, very famous actor. Um, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh. I thought he saved the movie for me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was actually funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I wasn't (laughs) the biggest fan of Captain Marvel. I think it came out at a very unfortunate time as well because it came out kind of after all the big Infinity War stuff and before Endgame. So I think a lot of people who are massively invested in Endgame and Infinity War and that whole saga had no interest in the stuff that came in the middle. The only exception being Ant-Man because Ant-Man directly linked to 
uh, what happened in Infinity War and into Endgame. So it was more important for the story. I'm really happy because I, I've seen Ant-Man and I just think it's gas. Like. Mm. Ant-Man's <laughs> great. I love Paul Rudd. Same. I think he's so good. He does not age. No, he doesn't. He does not age. You look at Friends. Go back and look at him in Friends. He looks the same. There is actually, this is something fun that our listeners can do when they're procrastinating. Um, Paul Rudd recently turned 50, as far as I know. Whoa. Uh-huh. And um, he, there's a quiz and it's, you can, you guess, uh, it's that you're given two pictures of Paul Rudd for each question and you have to guess which one he is older in. Oh my it's, God. It's that sounds really, really hard. It's really, really <laughs> hard. Like 90% of the photos, you're going by the quality of the photo yeah. rather than the quality of Paul Rudd. <laughs> the quality of Paul Rudd. My Paul Rudd's not the best quality today. Yeah. If, if a photo looks a bit grainier, then it's like, oh, it's probably from the 90s, not like last year. And then like, oh, lo and behold, you're right. But um, that's the only giveaway. It's mad. Mm. Um, but no, I think I he, love uh, a bit of Ant-Man. Yeah, I think he's very good for Ant-Man as well. Yeah, he was perfect. Yeah. He was just kind of like funny enough where it was like he didn't have to force anything. It's like the character just seemed like a genuine kind yeah. of, you know, a bit lost, a bit kind of like what the hell is going on here. Yeah. Yeah, I liked him. I liked the character. I think it was it was almost like as if say somebody who watches Marvel movies mm. actually became a superhero. Yeah. And he's another example of who who wasn't a fan of the comics had heard of Ant Man before the first Ant Man movie. True. Very very little known superhero. Yeah. <laughs> little known superhero. Oh. Go on anyway. I cut across you there. Sorry. Yeah. Um. And then it kind of like just I was gonna talk about the possibilities mm. of just like obviously we cannot turn ourselves into aliens, um, and we probably can't turn ourselves into mutants. Um, but I mean the way radio actually sorry no that would actually be the altered one mm. because they radioactivity and things like that <laughs> well mutation happens in yeah. in creatures and in animals and in people over time that is so true people do have genetic mutations yeah. you're probably not going to get a superpower yeah possibly you never know <laughs> you never know um, I have a little thing about like the possibility of altered humans mm-hmm. um, so it kind of talks about quantum biology and um, it was actually championed by this physicist called Jim Al-Khalili. Ka- Khalili? I'm going to say Khalili. Me and name pronunciations are great, so I can't help. It's K-H-A-L-I-L-I. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and he suggests an enjoyable, speculative direction for extreme human alterations. Mm. So it's all still in the speculation stage. Yeah. But we have the technology to kind of work on it if you get me that mm. like it's it, like with the speculations it's not still a million miles away yeah type of thing um and kind of talking about if quantum tunneling can explain the high speed transformation of a tadpole to a frog then it's probably conceivable that quantum effects might also allow human bodies to regenerate from a gunshot wound or a samurai sword attack so, so accelerated healing kind of a deal that type ah. of thing which I think is a really cool approach because mm. when you think about like altered humans and you do think of Spider-Man or like the Fantastic Four they're very obviously altered they're yeah. very different they have like look at the thing powers. he's basically just made of rock, rock. big yeah. rock dude and the flame What's uh, flash? Human Torch. Human Torch there we go I was like flame flash <laughs> fire fire thing <laughs> fire <on>. fire guy <laughs> Luckily, Orla wasn't in charge of naming the superheroes because we'd have some very strange ones. I don't think Fireman hey, would really work. I'd watch Fireman. <laughs> what Firemen? Yeah. <laughs> Did they just put out fires? Is I that just their entire that thing? Fire, a Fireman is an actual. Yeah, a Fireman person. is a thing. <laughs> a modern day superhero. Fireman Sam. Yes. Yeah. 
Greg was my favourite superhero growing up was Spider-Man, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> um, but basically, yeah, they're not going from an, like, an, an artificial mm. way of altering humans. They're looking at a biolo- biological way, like, as they mentioned, with from tadpoles into frogs. It's super fast. Yeah. And, like, they, like, have you seen a tadpole? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, they're just like a little squiggle. Yeah, and they ain't no frog. No, they're really not. <laughs> but I think it's to see that potential there. Mm. It'll be interesting to see if anybody kind of goes in that direction for, yeah. as you said, like advanced healing or something like that. It's an in, it's an interesting concept. Mm. And I, I think it's... I liked it because it was different. Yeah. Because I hadn't heard of that, like going the biological route before. Because I think everybody looks at it as kind of like, right... The biological side of it isn't isn't possible. Of course, you can't possibly mm. like turn into a superhero or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, it's not completely. And I, I have some stuff there on like a possible way Spider Man could be possible, which we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. And it is a similar kind of thing. It's like genetic modification in a yeah. way, um, which just is tweaks kind yeah, of. just making little adjustments to genetic like, makeup. Yeah. And I, well, we make it sound really small. Just yeah. making little adjustments Tiny to genetic. Yeah, to I'm, sure, I'm sure you can do it. You know, like it's not that we have to do any of the insane yeah. amount of work that yeah. would be necessary. We did the hard part. We yeah. thought of the idea. Exactly. You now <laughs> someone else can go and execute it. Because yeah. <laughs> that's exactly how this would work. Yes, that's exactly how it goes. Well, you look at the, the superhero movies and the comics and stuff, and that's usually what it is. It's just some scientist like yeah. stumbles upon an idea, and it's like, ooh. Ooh. This is a thing. Maybe <laughs> nobody should get it. Hopefully, this doesn't get out of the lab. Where is oh, it gone? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. It really is. <laughs> um, another one was the the high tech wonders, which you know are a bit more kind of tangible because, yeah. like, you can. There's money in the world these days. Well, I mean, especially big money like and big technologies. I think Iron Man seems. Off the top of your head seems unlikely mm. because it's like this full body suit that's like, you know, has a, an internal AI in it and he's got like the rocket things and all. Yeah. But Batman, on the other hand, yeah. is a guy in a black suit. <laughs> really. A guy in a black with suit with a cape, with bat ears. Yeah. All like he has, okay, he has like, um, you know, he can, I, I don't know whether it's like a, uh, an internet signal or what way it's done, like Bluetooth maybe, but like he can pick up signals with the antenna in his ear, like they basically has antennas in them. Yeah. All his weapons, like batarangs, are just like sharpened bat-shaped boomerangs. Yeah. Uh, so all his weapons are doable for yeah. the most part. So someone could be Batman. Mm-hmm. it just mean you'd have to go get like an extensive amount of martial arts training and learn how to fight in that really uncomfortable suit. Yeah. So that one's doable. I think Iron Man... I think Iron Man is probably not impossible. Like, it's full body armor. Yeah. Like, at the moment, we don't have the technology yeah. because of the, the whole robotic exoskeleton mm. type thing. Um, and it's like, at the moment, we do have similar types of robotics. Yeah. Um, which you can see in, um, like, with paraplegics and prosthetics. Yeah. Um, but it's tricky to which we've probably talked about this before about kind of the physics behind it mm. that if you are in this exoskeleton like suit of armor and you're flying at like a kajillion kilometers yeah we spoke about this stopped. actually didn't we the, yeah, smushed, like. yeah your brain would just kind of it's it's all to do with the g-forces and how like if you're flying at like mach 3 or whatever yeah. and you're flying at, and you're Get your ahead of these fighter jets. Like there's a scene in, in Iron Man where he's being ta- tailed by jets, mm. and in order to get out of the way of them, basically he's he leading them on, he's leading them on, and he stops dead, and they go flying on ahead. Yeah. And it's like he would never have survived that. No His way. brain would have turned into a smoothie. Yeah. 
never would have made it out of that. So we're not there at the moment. No. Um, and another thing was the, you know, the thing that powers Iron Man's suit? His arc reactor. Yes. Mm. Um, that exists. Oh. Uh, it's in France. And um, the only thing is, it takes, um, it's as big as the Globe Theatre. Right. And that just about powers it to stay on. So he may not be able to wear that on his chest. No, maybe not. Possibly. Might be a tad large. I mean, you, have, you just have to make a bigger suit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you um, could do it. It's just, it's going to be like the size of a Transformer instead of yeah, being the size of Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> which may be a little bit more badass in a way. Yeah. <laughs> prefer it would be a little bit more, like, intimidating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just smush people. Yeah. What's your superpower? I stand on people. <laughs> um, and then the last one that I, that the examples that were tangible and maybe possible were the robots mm. and artificial artificial intelligence has kind of been the, the dream of computer scientists yeah. for quite a while now and we've come very far mm. in the likes of that and we've been questioning the whole like the sentiency of it and like the the moral questions and codes that come with ai and i think like if we'd see not as again like villains come mm-hmm. to mind i think we need i think AI and robots get bad press. They do. They really do. Like, look at your like rumbas that go around on Hoover floors. They're lovely. <laughs> they aren't going to take over the world, we hope. Yeah. The world gets taken over by sentient rumbas. Oh, I'd actually let them. They're so sweet. <laughs> Fun fact, actually. People who do own a rumba, um, if they break or like something happens to it, they're like way more likely to actually get that rumba repaired rather than get a new one because they have an emotional attachment oh, to it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like a member of the family. Yeah. Like, have you seen those ads for, like, it's basically like the lawnmower equivalent of a rumba? <laughs> I can't think what they're called. But basically, it's exactly the same kind of thing, but you just set it up and it goes and cuts all your grass. <laughs> Does the whole whole thing. I think it's really cool. Nice. You don't have to go out and do your grass. <laughs> mm. oh, thanks, robots. See, that's the thing. We give them a bad name, but all robots have done to this point is help us. Yeah. When you actually, when you stop and think about it like that, yeah. real robots in real life have done nothing but positive things. Yeah. Like we've created them for good things, yet you still make them villains in movies. See, this is where I feel like the uprising is going to come because, like, look at how ser- you're treating our people. Yeah, we, we've <laughs> served you for centuries, and still you mock us, you fear us. Well, then we'll give you something to fear. I'm waiting for that moment of look at what you did to our ancestors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they'll be right too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you just made them hoover up floors and cut grass. Yeah, and we put them in our pockets. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, yeah. yeah. Walking around with them. That, when you think about it, right. you've got a little AI type dealie in your pocket. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I'm so sorry. You should be. <laughs> you need to buy your phone a treat now. I was about to say the things my poor phone has seen. <laughs> <laughs> I won't ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, I suppose move on to more kind of maybe specific ones. Yeah. Um, and I was sitting sitting at home uh, doing kind of a fair bit of research on this, and there was so many. I had to kind of just narrow it down to a few because we'd be here all day, um, and so many possibilities for how certain superheroes, like specific ones, could possibly scientifically be real or not real. Um, and then when I sat there earlier looking at my notes, I was like, I was just flying through stuff, and I can like barely read my own notes. Um, but the first one is Spider Man. Mm-hmm. So anybody who knows the origins of Spider-Man knows kind of the, the story that we've been told a million and one times over in every single reboot of the series. Yeah. Thankfully, except for the most recent reboot, they didn't really go into the whole thing. Really? But uh, yeah, because like, everybody knows how Spider-Man became Spider-Man. He got bit by a radioactive spider. True. 
There you go. Done. <laughs> um, so yeah, so they had the, you have that whole thing of he's in, he's like, say like the, the one a lot of people know because the first big Spider-Man movie was Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man movie and they're on like a school or a school or a college field trip. It's mm. meant to be school but I think they might have done college. Maybe he was older by then. I don't know. But he's, they're on a field trip and the spider comes down and it bites him and he gets all unwell and then the next morning he wakes up and he's ripped and he doesn't need his glasses anymore <laughs> and you know the dream of everybody who wears glasses <laughs> but um he, so he wakes up and basically he's like i'm not in need of all these things anymore and he becomes spider-man and he learns how to do all the whole superpower thing and i will go into in a minute the difference between some iterations of spider-man he creates organic webbing inside his own body yeah. So he can shoot the the webs out of his wrist, essentially. Yeah. But in the original version of Spider-Man and in the kind of majority of them, he has web shooters. So he builds them himself. Andrew Garfield had the shooters. He had he? web shooters. Yeah. And uh, Tom Holland, the current Spider-Man, the best Spider-Man, he has uh, actual web shooters as well. Like They're not built in. They're, I haven't seen They're not in a Ah! Um, you've seen Civil War, though. Yeah, he came out after. But he was in it. Yeah, yeah. It was like the teaser of who it's going to be. Like. Yeah. But, ah, it was he's, literally Iron Man saying, like, you, son, you're going to come with me. If you're a Spider-Man fan at all, though, he is the best Spider-Man. <laughs> and I will fight anybody who tells me Tom Holland's not the best Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield. No, Andrew Garfield was the worst Spider-Man. Tom McGuire was better than Andrew Garfield. Oh, we're ah, going to get into no. a fight here. Ah, Andrew Garfield no. was, like, playing it too cool. He wasn't <gasps> geeky enough to be Peter Parker. He was like, totally geeky. He didn't represent the proper, you know, real geek. And he was too attractive. I was about to say, was he too? That's the thing. He was too pretty. He was too attractive, and that's like that's the problem. You can't have that. Whereas Tom Holland <laughs> looks like a kind of geeky fifteen-year-old kid, which is what Spider-Man's supposed to kind of look like. But Tom Holland was a geeky fifteen-year-old kid. Well, there kid you when go. He played <laughs> like he's only like what? Oh, Tom Holland's in his twenties, I think. No, he's not. He's only a wee baby. Is he not? He's definitely not like fifteen or sixteen. Um, let's check this out because this is uh, important research here that's going on uh, <laughs> during Genius Hack. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, that would be an interesting thing on social media. I already know the answer because I'm sure most of you, you know, know what you're talking about here. But who was the best Spider-Man and who was the worst of the, the kind of modern movie Spider-Mans? Like, I can't, I can't say yes or no to, um, to Tom Holland. Um, okay, yeah, he's not as babby as I thought. Hmm. He's 22. Yeah, I thought he was in his 20s. But um, <coughs> he would have been much babby, much babby. He would have been in his late war. teens. Um, yeah. Because it was only about three years ago. Was it? So we would have been 18, 19. Huh. Yeah, um, there you go. So yeah, now my spideys. Yeah. But like, I mean, when you look at Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, they were like late 20s and they were... Oh yeah, they were too old. Both yeah. of them were too old to play yeah. the character yeah. and they looked too that old to play the character. I agree on. I'm just like, well, I do think that is very funny in any kind of movie or TV show where you get like 17-year-olds being played by 32-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, I get that all <laughs> the time. Like, I think Tobey Maguire was in his late 20s when, yeah. he, played, uh, when he played Spider-Man. A <laughs> 16-year-old boy. <laughs> but yeah, now Andrew Garfield was too pretty for the role, and he was too confident. He came off as a bit too cocky and confident to be Spider-Man. Yeah, just he didn't have the awkward because the whole thing that was really appealing, I think, to me about Spider-Man and to a lot of people about Spider-Man is he's you. Oh. He's accessible. He's the geeky kind of. He's the one superhero that I think anybody who's into comic books can look at and go, "Yeah, that could be me." But geeks That's can the be kind pretty. of. Yeah, I know, but like it's kind of. I, I don't know. I think it's a bit it's a bit more realistic because most of us aren't going to ever look like Andrew Garfield. <laughs> and this, this is no offence whatsoever to Tom Holland. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, but he has that kind of, I don't no know. to Tobey Maguire. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, Tobey Maguire is different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But anyway, Spider-Man. In, yes. in terms of getting the powers, he was bit by the spider. 
And you'd, you'd, you'd obviously think, okay, but getting bitten by a radioactive spider, probably not going to happen. Mm. If it did happen, probably not going to turn you into Spider-Man. Probably just die. But, <laughs> apparently, right, so say a, a spider has been given this kind of radioactive treatment and they were doing some sort of experiments on it. We'll put it in the context of, like, they were trying to fi- figure out how the radiation affected it, the specific mm. types of radiation. Um Specifically, ionizing, excuse me, iodizing, I'm thinking iodine, mm-hmm. ionizing radiation. Um, what it can actually do is it can basically edit your DNA. Okay. So it can um, edit the codons in your DNA. The codons are basically like the codes, uh, like the genetic codes yeah. in, your, in your DNA. That like your genomes. It's the stuff that codes for the color of your eyes, yeah. number of fingers you have, yeah. um, all of that kind of jazz. So all these different things that your body does and how they work, essentially, like it's the these codons are what tell your body, yeah, this is meant to do this, and this is how this works, and you've got blue eyes, and you've got no earlobes, and all that kind of stuff. Aggressive um, and recessive. Kind of, yeah. It's in that same that whole same family of things, yeah. but essentially, what could happen is you can have if it was small changes to those kind of codons, anyway, that they could be affected, mm-hmm. they could change how your body kind of does certain things. So they could affect your, you know, your overall strength. They could affect your speed. They could affect different things you do. So in theory, if the spiders have, um, say, whatever, they, they have this kind of codon within their body that codes for the fact that they have you know, the ability to make webs, that they have the ability that their webs are super strong. Um, we're talking here maybe in this case that it's Tobey Maguire-style Spider-Man where yeah. he shoots his own webs out of his body. Um, in theory... If the spider was to have this ability and it was to bite you, in the very small and unlikely chance that it actually passed on some of these codons to the, the person, to the host, essentially, or to the person they bit, yeah. in theory, if they were to be introduced into the person's body, they could actually affect how your body then kind of does stuff and makes stuff. And you could wake up the next morning with the ability to maybe shoot webs. Maybe not the next morning. Really? It might take time. But you're, you could wake up with the ability to be able to do certain things. So certain things like that could be possibly passed on. Oh, that's kind of cool. Little traits. I like that. That kind of makes me happy. Mm. Um, and actually just thinking of the, if going by the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man where he like produces the webs himself. I prefer that type because um, I'd get, I, I get very stressed out about poor Spider-Man when he's like flinging from building to building. And I'm like... You only have some webs. Like, it's not an infinite amount of webs, yeah. sir. You need to be careful. Or when it gets smushed. Um, mm. I think that happened in Andrew Garfield's movies and in Civil War. One of it's like one of his web shooters. Well, there's your d- yeah. smushed. Sometimes you can have that problem with the Spider Man <laughs> films when, it, when they're not organic web shooters, when yeah. they're things. Made. He can run out. Yeah. He can have them destroyed, and then he's got no web powers. But it does bring <laughs> up with the other Spider Men's. Um, the ones who don't have organic web shooters the other thing that gets passed on the other uh, possible ability is and this is where you kind of have to look at what can spiders do like uh, climbing walls yeah uh, that's one thing mm. and that all comes from small hairs I don't know why I'm looking at my hands yeah. but small hairs if you've seen the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man you actually see that scene where he looks at his hands and you can see the tiny hairs yeah. and spiders actually have these little hairs on oh, their legs they sense things but they actually they have two types yeah. they have one type that's like teeny tiny like microscopic and that digs into the surface they're climbing on and that's how they can climb right. so that's where so it's the whole idea of would Spider-Man's hands be all the time just like sticky yeah. like no they wouldn't be because it's not a sticky substance that's yeah. used to climb walls it's like a, a very fine hair 
and it's so fine that you probably wouldn't even be able to feel it so if you shook hands with him you wouldn't be getting a furry handshake because <laughs> um, that's what I was always thinking I was like would you be able to feel his weird little blade hair it's like no they'd be so fine you wouldn't yeah. be able to feel them it'd be like having yeah. a spider on your hand you can't feel them Yeah. so obviously they'd have to be bigger they'd have to be scaled up because yeah. the little ones on a spider isn't going to hold up a person um, but the other ones as you rightly said uh, the other hairs that spiders have on their leg allow them to feel changes in air pressure mm. and in air temperature and stuff like that. So the whole idea of spider sense, which <laughs> is the other thing that Spider-Man gets when being bitten by a spider, in theory is kind of possible within within spiders. Oh, for Spiders sure. do have spider, spider sense. Senses. They can sense kind fear. of detect danger. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not impossible. Sense fear, detect danger, your choice. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's the same thing, I suppose. Then presume them perceiving my fear as danger yeah but that's the thing they sent your fear and they think this person's gonna kill me because they're scared of me and I won't I promise like I, I do have a fear of spiders I won't what's I that know. behind your back Orla <laughs> I, I really I wouldn't kill a spider it makes me so upset okay and, I, and um, like I know that the problem is with me not them it is not their fault mm-hmm. that I'm afraid of them it's nothing they have done to me this is something that I need to deal with it's not the spiders <laughs> 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 if I'm afraid of a spider and it's right beside me, then I need to deal with it by myself and not bring that spider into my own fear. Okay, now that's fair. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. being very fair to spiders. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's there's a possibility that uh, a very unlikely possibility that Spider-Man could be a thing. Oof. So like again, highly unlikely. As, yeah, it would I, all have to be very specific. Should but, we should we put a do not try this at home? Yeah, don't like, allow like random spiders to bite you. Like, yeah. Especially if you live somewhere where spiders are dangerous. Yeah. Or like playing with radiation. Yeah, that's that too. That's <laughs> also not good. Yeah. Um living in Ireland we don't have dangerous spiders. Or much radiation. Or much radiation. <laughs> um and I think the only spiders here we have that would be dangerous are ones if you're allergic to them. Mm. But then that's anything. Like Oh, true, yeah. If you're allergic <laughs> to pretty much anything, then you're kind of screwed Dangerous. if that thing comes near you or bites you or does anything to you. Um, but on the subject of radiation-related superheroes, I really want to get onto the third one in a minute because the third yeah. one is one that scares the living bejesus out of me. But the second one I looked at is the Hulk. Okay. Because the Hulk is so unreasonably unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> because you're like... Hulk smash. Yeah, he's yeah. a big... He, he smash. <laughs> but he's a big green thing. Mm. But, yes, okay... Hulk getting his powers the way Hulk gets his powers would be essentially completely impossible. Okay. Because Hulk gets his powers from uh, essentially a, a gamma explosion. An explosion goes off and he gets hit by gamma rays. Mm. Gamma rays are so intensely powerful that they would just have incinerated him. Yeah, you won't survive. No, you are <laughs> not going to survive getting hit at all by gamma radiation. Sure, actually we have satellites measuring the gamma rays from the sun at the moment mm-hmm. and like it took an awful lot of time to make sure that they weren't going to get destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> the gamma rays. Exactly, that's the thing. <laughs> like, They're so dangerous. They're yeah. so destructive. Yeah. So, yeah, th- we have to rule that out. Yeah, So unfortunately. That Okay, so Hulk created by the way Hulk is supposed to be created in the films is impossible. Now, films or the books. Now, there's the whole thing with the Hulk though is with his character. His the character the the alter ego of the Hulk was created before he ever became big and green and scary. Okay. He had a the character of Bruce Banner had like a really abusive upbringing. Yeah. And the the second character in his head that came out when he was kind of angry was like an imaginary friend. Mm. It was like a coping mechanism. Yeah. And it's one of those things that exists in real life. You know, you get situations like that where children do that, where they yeah. have, as a coping mechanism, they have this, like, 
imaginary friend yeah. or some sort of a thing that they use to kind of separate themselves from the situation. Yeah. So in theory, having a second and, and the actual the, the psychological thing with that is these people do essentially create a second personality mm. and it's like a personality that they kind of jump into. Yeah, multiple personalities. Yeah. It's like a personality then that they jump into in times of fear. Yeah. And as, as like a protector. Yeah, exactly. So that's sort of what the the fantasy of the Hulk is. Mm. The whole idea of the Hulk was meant to be that. It's like, what if that imaginary protector was a real thing? Yeah. So when you do get angry and you do channel that rage, that you'd turn into this big, scary, green monster who can mm. destroy the people who are trying to hurt you. Yeah. That's sort of the power fantasy that, that is part of the Hulk and where that kind of comes from. So on a psychological level, the idea of Bruce Banner having a second alter ego, yeah, that bit is obviously completely possible. Yeah. Now... There's, I'm going to have to look at my notes here because I have a lot of big words that I had to write down because I knew I wouldn't remember them. <laughs> um, but there's a thing called um, epi, epigenetic modification. Okay. And it's this is like, it wouldn't happen through like a big gamma burst. So we're, ha- we're assuming that this happens in another way. Is it like epidermis? Um, well, it can, I don't think so. I don't think that's exactly what it has to do with it. But it's uh, essentially, imagine it like a set of switches. Okay. And one set of switches is entirely Bruce Banner. And the other set of switches are all the things that make up the Hulk. And normally when you get effects of, um, of mutations and stuff in the body, they're completely irreversible. A mutation mm-hmm. is something that happens and it can't unhappen. Yeah. But the, in theory, these the epi, 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 epigenetic modifications are reversible. They're switchable. So okay. that, would be some, that would be some way where it would be possible to have a situation where somebody turns from one set, one being one way into being another way. And say in the, the likes of the Hulk, you would have that one set of things. It's all the things that make up the Hulk one side of all the things that make up Bruce Banner mm-hmm. and you can almost imagine it's like a switch and as the per- Bruce Banner turns into the Hulk the switches are being slowly flicked towards the Hulk like to basically create the Hulk it's supposed to be a similar idea it would be a similar idea to werewolves they're not stuck as werewolves yeah. they go back and forth between being werewolves and being people yeah. so yeah similar idea that would be kind of what causes that in them That's so cool. yes in theory you could have a situation where somebody could turn from one kind of state to another yeah. um, now him being green <laughs> is, is a bit of an issue. Um, I was uh, watching this thing from a professor from Stanford University and he was talking about the, how... Um, he was actually talking about this whole thing. But um, he was going on about the idea of, the, of him being green and saying, it's not impossible. <laughs> he said, the first thing you have to think about is a bruise. When you get a bruise, yeah. there's multiple colours in a bruise. Yeah. You'll get sometimes they're purple, sometimes they're more blue, sometimes they're kind of black or brown, yeah. and sometimes they have some green in them. Yeah. And what the green is caused by is when the when red blood cells are destroyed, okay. they basically they uh, create a metabolite called and this is one of the ones I had to write down bilaveritin, okay. which is it, it's in pigment it's green so it is green in color. Right. And lizards, some lizards have a really high concentration of this in their blood. Oh, is that why they're and green? that's why they're green, and that's why their blood is green. Oh. In a lot of cases, well, not all lizards, but some lizards, their blood is green. And it's because they have a very high concentration of this bilaveritin. Yeah. So you're saying if the Hulk's transformation was so stressful on his body mm. that it destroyed blood cells. the lot of the red blood cells. So on like a cellular level, it was actually causing damage to his body. Yeah. It could cause his body to have an overabundance of this bilaveritin. Yeah. Um, and therefore it could cause a, a tinge, <laughs> a, greenish a greenish hue to the Hulk's skin. <laughs> so in theory, if somehow we had a situation where he went through this uh, epigenetic modification, became the Hulk, and in getting big and muscular, like that quickly, 
it damaged his red blood cells to the point where they created a lot of this stuff, this uh, bilivaritin. Mm-hmm. In theory, we could have a big muscular green tinned guy. I like that. Yeah. It's that, like it's a stretch. Yeah. But it's not like it's not completely inconceivable yeah. kind of thing. Like there's there's science there to back things up. There's science behind each of the, the different kind of factors. It's like yeah. could this happen, could that happen? The only thing that seems completely impossible is the the gamma burst, mm. the gamma radiation. So something else would have had to cause the mutation. Yeah. Uh but beyond that, if we could find something else that could have caused the mutation, then I think that, yeah, yeah, the Hulk could be... Again, it's like the Spider-Man situation. Mm. In a very, very unlikely way, yeah. could be possible. It's not impossible. It's just not likely. Impractical and highly unlikely. Yeah, improbable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very improbable. Yeah. But not impossible. Yeah, very little uh, things are impossible these but days. I like that. And that's the whole thing with superheroes is we don't want it to be common. No. They wouldn't be super if it was common. Yeah. It has to be unlikely. It yeah. has to be something that's just not going to happen. Because yeah. if everybody had superpowers, then no one would have superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about <laughs> it, it that way, we'd all powers. just be normal. Like, oh, you can lift things with your mind? Yeah, so can I. I do it in the morning before I get out of bed. I don't even get out of bed to get dressed. I just levitate my clothes. Yeah. Like, that would be so great. That would be so <laughs> handy. Oh, and I'd probably fall back asleep before I was even dressed. True. Depending on how much mental power it would take to use telekinesis. Yeah. Yeah, no, maybe not. No. That's probably that's a bad idea. I feel like superpowers would be wasted on me to do just mundane things. Yeah, <laughs> I think most of us would. I think if you so were so overwhelmed with the responsibility. Yeah. Well, maybe if you were the only person with superpowers, you'd probably be a bit like, "No, I'm gonna yeah do some stuff with this." I think we all like to think we'd save the world or something, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe not. I've often thought, you know, the way like you think about everyone's thought about this, like what superpowers they'd love to have. Yeah. And if they had different superpowers, what they'd do. Yeah. This just shows how lazy I can be, and also how mundane the things I would do with superpowers are. I've often thought if I ever ha- if I somehow developed the ability to control time mm-hmm. so like rewind time fast forward time or even just freeze time like pause time mm-hmm. since I was a kid I always thought that this would be what I would do as soon as I got to the point where I was tired and wanted to go to bed mm-hmm. freeze time go to bed yeah. sleep enjoy my sleep wake up whenever I want not have to care about when I get up and then just start time again and go about doing what I have to do. I wouldn't mind, but when you said freeze time, I was just like, I'd use it for sleeping. <laughs> See? Sleeping- See? I like this. We get it. We get it. <laughs> sleeping takes up so much time. Like, yeah. could you imagine if you didn't need, if you only needed an hour sleep? It's great. The amount of, you'd have 23 hours to do stuff with your day. But that's what I do. And like that, oh, that came from me lying in bed one morning, like really not wanting to go to school. It's like, imagine you could just freeze time, go back to sleep now for as long as I wanted and then just get up and it won't have mattered because time won't have moved. Yeah, because you don't want to lose the day. No, exactly. You like, don't want to lose sleep either. <laughs> but uh, before we run out of time, because we still have a little bit of time, but we mm. just kind of get this one because this is my favourite one. This one's kind of scary. And oh. this is one of my favourite superhero, super villains, anti-heroes, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Ever in comics, <laughs> he doesn't get—he hasn't got the best treatment in the last few years, especially not in the uh, the Spider-Man movies. Venom. Okay. I'm a big Venom guy. I've always been a fan of Venom. I've, I'm a big fan of the symbiotes in general. Yeah. Um, Carnage probably my favorite, but Venom is awesome. I love the whole thing, and this could be Carnage too. This could be any symbiote. Yeah. And the whole idea of, first of all, can a symbiote exist? Mm-hmm. And second of all, if a symbiote exists, can it? do what Venom does or what Carnage does or what any of the symbiotes do well here's the thing so if for anyone who doesn't know in terms of Venom 
and we'll specifically use Venom. In the, the most common way you see Venom is Eddie Brock. He's the most common Venom. Uh, he was the first Venom, I think. Um, and he, it, it, usually what it is, is he and the, the reason it's a symbiote is they have a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. So him and this alien parasite essentially become one. And the alien parasite gives him his powers. Yeah. So he can do all these kind of crazy different things. He's got superpower. He's really strong. He's all this kind of stuff. So the symbiote gives abilities away what a lot of people maybe don't realize as well if they're later came a bit later to the spider-man series you've seen venom you know venom the, you, you at least know the character yeah. of venom yeah. venom kind of looks a bit like spider-man in mm. a way he's got like the same shape eyes yeah. like a spider-man suit has and he's got a big white spider on his chest yeah from which is similar to spider-man's back spider that he has yeah. on his chest and if you don't know anything about the origins of venom you might wonder why just miraculously his enemy who comes from another planet has the same symbols and it's because his first appearance, Venom's first appearance, was when he bonded with Spider-Man. And in order to bond with Spider-Man, he basically became a black version of Spider-Man's suit. Okay. So he kept that look moving yeah. forward. Also, it is, look. it is. It's a cool look as well. <laughs> but he kept that going forward because the, the symbiotes take a certain amount of like experience from the last person they were with. So they become stronger through time. They take abilities from the person they were with, okay. which is also why Venom can shoot web-like things as well. Because it's learned. Because it's learned how to do it. Yeah. Which was my problem with the Venom movie that came out last year. Because mm-hmm. it's never explained why he can shoot webs. Okay. He was never with Spider-Man. Because Spider-Man doesn't exist in that movie's universe. Oh. Oh. Mm, it's a bit weird. Mm. But, either way. We could, we could, there's, there is arguments, comic book related arguments. And Marvel Ultimate Universe related arguments that you could make as to why that works. We won't go into that because we'll be here all day. <laughs> and this ain't... It's, well, we're t- might be talking about it today. It's not a comic book show. <laughs> Maybe maybe someday we need Sorry. a comic book show, um, but yeah. So the possibility of it it, it happening. So the we, we, first of all we need some sort of an organism that can basically feed off another creature or bond with another creature, um, and the closest we can look at is amoeba. Oh, like amoebas. amoebas are little parasitic things that can live off other organisms. They're so um, sweet. They really are. They, they're kind of cool. Like, I remember when we were learning about these in biology and, like, um, I don't know what it was, but they just seemed very cute. And one of the girls in my class was just like, Miss, if you, can you feed them? And she was like, well, I mean, technically, if you put a microscopic, microscopic piece of, like, glucose or something, mm. it would theoretically move closer to it and could absorb, absorb it. it. And we're yeah. like, oh, can we feed amoebas? She's like, girls. <laughs> <laughs> this might uh, ruin amoebas for you then uh, I'm afraid but there's a specific type of amoeba it's a freshwater amoeba called I'm going to get this wrong this, this is this is why the notebook was necessary today um, Negloria filori I think um, it's a freshwater amoeba that has been found to feed on uh, human brain chemicals um, so old amoebas this can of course lead to the death of the person yes so it feeds off the chemicals in, in the person's brain yeah. to keep itself alive. Now, this is where it could possibly move into a, a symbiote-like thing. They, using whatever they feed off, they get bigger and they get stronger. Yeah. There's been certain types of amoeba that have grown to, like, you know, visibly big. Yeah. Like, you can see them with the naked eye. Um, they've gotten scary big. Like, for amoebas, that would be the equivalent to someone becoming, like, a massive giant. Like, this is <laughs> huge for an amoeba. Um, but they've been known to grow over time we now have these ones that we now have managed to get into humans and live in their brains essentially but if one was to maybe evolve to feed on adrenaline Mm -hmm. because venom 
it basically feeds on negative energy, negative yeah. thoughts, essentially, is how venom feeds and how venom powers itself. Mm. So if we're looking for an equivalent here, if these amoebas were to learn to and evolve to feed on adrenaline, which is something that human, the human brain creates when we go through times of stress mm-hmm. or fear or anxiety yeah. or any kind of physical pressure like that yeah. uh, or mental the body produces, or the brain produces, adrenaline. Mm-hmm. So if the amoeba were to feed off adrenaline, then it would be feeding off the same thing, essentially, that venom is feeding off. The other thing, right, so that, w- that would be how it could live in your body and stay alive and get stronger through chemicals in your brain. The way it could possibly give you superpowers in terms of, like, giving you super strength, and this is an interesting one, is uh, you have uh, another thing in your brain. Uh, where's it gone? I have the name written down here, and I've completely lost it. Myostatin. Um, I th- the, the one I actually knew of is the one I forgot the name of. Myostatin essentially is another chemical that your your brain kind of produces or your body produces. And what it does is it um, regulates how, essentially how strong you can be, I suppose. Okay. It regulates the bone, muscle, and I think tendon strength as well. Right. So in other words, people without using steroids and stuff can only get so a certain strong. size. Like a, a guy who does it completely, you know, completely clean, weightlifts, does the whole thing, does everything perfectly, can only get so big and so strong. Um, if it was all, if the amoeba was also to develop to consume this as well, so myostatin, it would essentially take the limiters off. Yeah, and it can just keep getting bigger. You could just keep getting stronger. Mm. So it wouldn't be the exact same as Venom, where like all of a sudden he wears the Venom symbiote or combines with the symbiote and he's really muscular. But it would mean you'd have to work at it. But over time, you could become unreasonably strong. You could be the Hulk. You could kind of be the Hulk. (laughs) Yeah, we could kind of go back around and say this is like Venom Hulk. Yeah. It's Volk. Volk. That sounds a bit weird. But uh, yeah, so in in theory, that is possible. The other part of it is the shape-shifting. Okay. Because obviously you'd need to have the suit. Yeah. <laughs> you need to have the out, the exterior thing. That might be a bit weird and difficult, especially because amoeba, even when they're bigger, tend to be kind of clear. So you might look like you're suspended in jelly. Hmm. Might look a little bit odd. But Intimidating. Amoeba can shape shift. Okay. They yeah they can like they they're not always a uniform shape, so okay. they can basically push out and change and move <gasps> in different directions. Pseudopodia. Hmm. Pseudopodia. That's what their limbs are called. Okay, you know this and I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I've been researching this and I didn't find that. I'm nearly certain. Um, and I, I don't know where the correlation came from, but I always feel like if a Pokemon was an amoeba, if Pokemon, Pokemon was an amoeba, it would be a ditto. Yes. Because <laughs> it kind of looks like that. It has that sort of weird limb thing. Yeah. It's all wobbly and jelly-like too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so in Hi. theory, it can shapeshift. They, well, not in theory, they can basically shapeshift, which would mean they could kind of create... Yes, there you go, pseudopodium. Um, which means they could create, like, the webbing. Yeah. So they could, in theory, shoot out, like, tendrils. Right. So, yeah, venom, in a way, it would be weird because it means you'd have a parasite in your brain, but venom's kind of possible. That's... I like that one. Mm. I think that one's my favourite as well. Yeah. Because, again, it's... It's, it's, like, it's unlikely... Mm. But not impossible. It's it's nearly the the possibilist. Yeah, of and I suppose because it has already gotten into people's. But obviously, it wasn't to these results. Mm. <laughs> also, I know possibilist isn't a word. At least I think possibilist isn't a word. Most okay. possible. Um, um, grammar. But there you go. Like I think that some of those are really interesting in terms yeah. of like you know superheroes are possibly possible <laughs> in some sense. And like as. As we live in an age where kind of mystery 
gets smaller and smaller because mm. we can debunk so many things. There is upsides to it in things like this where you can make something completely like out of this world in some cases and make it just like a little bit like tangible. Yeah. Like you're not gonna all of a sudden be able to go like, hey, I'm gonna go become Thor tomorrow. <laughs> not quite that like that. Damn but, um, it. <laughs> or I mean you could probably come close to Batman or Iron Man if you win the lotto. Um, yeah. Definitely like, Batman. Yeah, Iron Man might yeah, take a little bit more research and work. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially with the whole globe theater mm. size thing. Yeah. Um, but Batman, yeah. But you could just find other ways to pair with the suit. True, true. Like, just like, <laughs> maybe he didn't need to be so ambitious. Maybe he just needed a battery. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of double A's, <laughs> stick them in his back. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> fine. He's like basically a big toy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think you see that a lot as well. Like even in, look at the Incredibles. Um, mm-hmm. Like that type of superhero. Also very legit superheroes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very much so. Um, but like look at Syndrome. Yeah. He was just a kid who got, who was just like, no, I want to be a super. So he created his own, he became a superhero mm-hmm. by creating his own armor, by making his own yeah. machines. And he used the robots to do the, the kind of the nitty gritty. And um, he would like, I mean, he was powerful as well. But because he was human, he didn't know how to use his powers correctly. But it's a, it's yeah. another example of mm. someone basically kind of creating their own powers. Yes. I like that. Yeah. And I think, and in terms of the Incredibles, I think it's quite interesting to see it in villain form. Mm. Because, again, humans can be mean. Yeah. Humans can be not nice. And with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> True. And I think the thing with villains is, and like we didn't really look into villains too much there, but like you look at the likes of say like the Joker mm. and the Riddler and stuff like that. A lot of these guys don't have like crazy superpowers. I think that's really interesting mm. that a lot of the time the bad guys are often just... It's, Smarter than you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the... I think that's what makes them scarier though. It's mm. because they are just humans. And like they, they just don't care. Like they don't, they don't care for their safety, kind of thing. Yeah. So it makes them like a ticking time bomb. Like they don't care if they get hurt. So they're willing to do whatever it takes mm. to do the bad thing that they want to do. Like as you mentioned, yeah. like with the Joker, like he's just nuts. Yeah. And like he'll put himself in danger. He'll put Harley in danger. He'll put. He doesn't care. Like look at Suicide Squad. Actually, yeah. Did the majority of them? I'm trying to think now. I think the majority of them are super powerless. Yeah, like for the most part. Yeah. Like you have Harley, like you have like Will Smith, who's like Deadshot. Yeah. He's like really good aim. You have Harley, who's just. Like, I love superheroes like that. Like I love Hawkeye. I, yeah. I know a lot of people kind of overlook Hawkeye a little bit in the Avengers, but I love Hawkeye because his power is basically just he's a good shot. <laughs> I I remember when I saw the original Avengers, um, and like I was watching the whole movie. And like you know, was enjoying it, and then at the end, you know the the famous panoramic scene mm. of it going around all yeah. the Avengers, and um, I was just like, why is the guy with the bow and arrow there? Oh, mm. he is an Avenger. I yeah. thought he was Black Window Widow's Black Window, Black Window, <laughs> Black Window. She's <laughs> the best superhero, with Black Window. <laughs> um, I thought he was Black Widow's boyfriend who happened to be good with the bow and arrow. And no. I was like, Oh, yeah, he's an Avenger too. But yeah, it's the other thing like Black Widow or Black mm. Window, whatever you prefer. <laughs> like those two are 
super powerless. They're just basically humans. Yeah, and they hang with the bloody superheroes. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just really talented. Yeah, they're really good. In a way, they're more impressive than yeah. the likes of Captain America, who's a super soldier. Yeah. Or, you know, Iron Man, who has a big super suit, and Thor, yeah. who's a god, and the whole yeah. thing. It's like, yeah, okay, you guys are awesome. You've got all these ma- amazing powers. Look at these two humans <laughs> being, you know, squishy and human. Yeah. And they're and still perfectly able to keep up. Exactly. And I think it is nice to have that like the the dynamic between mm. the two and that the human ones don't get smushed first or something. Yeah, because that's what you'd expect to happen, I suppose, in those types of situations. Like the humans just end up kind of getting yeah. a little bit squished. Or like the more superhuman ones have to constantly protect them. Mm. Which is actually great because they tend not to. And what yeah. I always liked with, like like that with Black Widow and with, um, with Hawkeye, it's kind of like they're their own little mini team within the team. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, we know we don't have superpowers. We're probably going to have to keep each other alive here a little bit. That's all good. <laughs> that works. I like it. Yeah. No, I, I, I've always liked. I've always had a bit of a soft spot for superheroes who aren't super. Mm. Yeah, who are just like like that, like Iron Man. Iron Man's not a superhero. Yeah. He's just a really rich guy. They're their own supers. Yeah, they, <laughs> they make themselves superheroes. They like you too can be a superhero. I mean, you've seen you've seen Civil War and the fight between Iron Man and um, Captain America towards the end of that film. That stressed and me out so much. My God, Iron Man is putting up a fight against a man who's a genetically modified super soldier yeah. in a metal suit that he made himself. It's like that is that is badass. That's humans being awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Oh, well, that fight broke my head. We've ran off the clock here, uh, just yeah. talking about superheroes. <laughs> so we are going to have to uh, end things here. That just sounded weird. No, we will be back. <laughs> uh, we, and they were never heard of. Never heard of again. We're just being kicked out. Yep. But uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thank you indeed. And I think it was pretty cool doing a superhero team show this week, considering the week that was in it. Yes. Um, the last week, I suppose, where you had all your big superhero things. Um, maybe at some point we'll talk, but maybe towards the end of the season we might talk about Game of Thrones and some maybe yes. stuff to do with Game of Thrones, because there's some interesting science things we could talk about there too. Definitely. Mm. That's all the time we have. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.